Hey, what's up, hockey fans, and welcome to episode number 100 of Marty's at Legal Stick, a hockey podcast, 103 digits old. I can't believe it. I never thought I would see the day. Anyhow, I am your host, Scott Kinville, and we have got a lot, a lot of playoff goodness, badness, and everything in between to talk about. And here to talk about that with us today is our co-host. He is the incomparable. He is the one. He is the <laughs> only Mr. Chris Mazzotti. What's going on? Hey, Scotty. It's been quite a week of uh, playoff hockey. You know, I don't even know. With our teams being in it, it just feels like years are being taken off our lives, doesn't it? <laughs> I figured I'd wear, you know, one team and an R team. One of these teams has a very good chance of winning a series, and the other one has no prayer in hell. And I'll <laughs> let you decide which is which. <laughs> I know exactly how you feel, my friend. I know, I, I know that feeling through and through. Uh, but you know, like I said, we still, nobody's been eliminated yet. Now we're recording here on Wednesday night. That could happen tonight, but nobody as of yet. Everybody is still surviving. Who can get eliminated tonight? So I'm looking at these scores right now. It is, um, the Jets, right? Let's see who's, where did I, oh no, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, la, 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 la. Boston can eliminate Florida. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah okay. So. Jeez, I was the wrong one. I like that. <laughs> Florida's but, on the brink. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, de- they're they're definitely about to fall in the ocean. But before we get to them, why don't we talk about your beloved Rangers and this series that they got going on with the New Jersey Devils? I was at They looked fantastic when this series was in New- in Newark. You know, they go into New Jersey in Devils Land. Games one and two dominate them both. Really, I mean, there was just no question about it. They're coming back to MSG for games three and four. And a lot of people, including myself, are figuring, wow, this one's just about over because the Rangers looked that good and the Devils really did not look good at all. Uh, it looked a lot like the Rangers' playoff experience was shining through, whereas the Devils really don't have a lot. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the switch flipped once it got back to MSG. And now here we are, Akira Schmid, former Utica comic, because I can tell you I don't think he's coming back to Utica. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> has stepped in, taken the vet, the net from Vitek Vanacek, and has just slammed the door on the Rangers, really. And it's a whole new series. So tell me, what's going on here? Let me tell you, there's one thing that every Rangers team that I've watched my entire life is excellent at doing, and that's making rookie goaltenders look like Vesna winners, Okay. Look at what they did in the playoffs. Look how good Louis Domingue played against the Rangers last year, okay? Like, seriously, they have a history of making rookie goalies look great. Jacob Markstrom got a shutout against the Rangers when he was in Florida, okay? Like, it, it, it's a long history of this, I'm telling you. And the second I saw they were starting Schmid, I knew this series was tied. I swear to you. I knew it was tied the second that that happened. Because I'm like, this gets into the Rangers' heads. I don't know why. But instead of saying, like, we got a rook here. Let's show this kid NHL. Let's put 10 on the Devils tonight and and double up for what we did game one and two. But instead they come out and they're timid. They get, like, I don't know, four, six shots on goal in the first period. Like, it's unacceptable. You're, you're game three, you're at home. MSG, it's rocking. And you, you put up, you know, half a dozen shots here. I think they only had like 26 shots in the game or 28. Now, a lot of it's on the Devils. The Devils do this thing too. And, and granted, 
it's a catch-22 because what's the team in front of the rookie goaltender always do? They play right. harder. You right. know what I mean? There used to be, you know, there's a reason why Steve Valaket got a bunch of shutouts against the Flyers because <laughs> the Rangers knew, oh, no, we got Steve in that. We got to double down on our efforts here today. And all of a sudden, Valaket's walking out with back-to-back shutouts against the Flyers. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and this is when the Flyers had, you know, good players, not today uh so uh you know it, it really they have a history of doing this and I, and I knew it was going to be an issue um and he's good don't get, i'm not trying to take credit away from schmidt he's been great as far as composure and his uh his angles and everything but he's he's been terrible at catching the puck he's had like, a lot of rebounds he's been he's had like seven eight pucks fly out of his glove uh one flew out of his glove the other day and went behind him through the crease, right. like right over the line. Nobody, but nobody's saying like, "Oh, look at the rookie goaltender make a stupid mistake with his glove." You know what I mean? Right, the whole right. storyline is, "Oh, Schmidt, he's a new Brodeur. He's coming in and stealing the series, just like in '94 when they hit a they hit a Brodeur and then Terreri came in and then Brodeur came back and oh, this is going to be great." It's like. I don't want your talk. It has nothing to do with that, you know. First of all, Schmidt hasn't slept with his sister-in-law, so you oh. know there's that. Oh. You know? So, uh, <laughs> but regardless, he's still got time. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I think he's like 22, so there's yeah, sister-in-law involved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but seriously, like, and good on the Devils for doing what they do and turning around. But people are like, oh. Look at Jack Hughes. He's so amazing. He's got a goal in every game. He was cherry-picking like hell on that last goal he got. Like, the Rangers are about to score. There's four Rangers in the crease. All the Devils are on the Siegenthaler just skies it out of the zone. And who's out at the red line? Jack Hughes, like, just waiting for a puck. Like, he doesn't belong out there. Nobody's saying, like, what's he doing out there? Like, He's cherry picking worse than a Vetchkin. Like it was ridiculous. Well, they, they had to, they had to counter uh, Patty Kane's cherry picking. That's all. Uh, Patty Kane has not. He hasn't. Even, he can't even make it to the red line. I don't know what you've been watching. <laughs> Patty Kane may as well be in a wheelchair out there. Like <laughs> I know he's got you know some points and he's made some passes, but like him going fast is like one shift a game. One shift a game, he gets his wheels up and then he's he's gassed the rest of the game. I mean, if anybody has been looking flat to me, it's him and, of course, the captain, who I don't think should be the captain. He's been terrible. I mean, he he can't hit the net. He's had so many good opportunities to shoot. When he does, he misses the net. And when he should shoot, he, he dishes off to a pass that never makes it through. Like, I can't say enough bad things about Jacob Truba's performance. And it shines in his uh, after-the-game interview. They're asking him what's going on. He says, oh, well, I don't know. Well, we'll go to the next game, you know. Even when they were up 2-0, he's like, well, they're a tough team. It's going to be a tough series. We'll see what happens. Like, it's like, Jake, that's not – like, where's all this leadership stuff that you, you were learning at the beginning of the season? Because it's not how you do it. You go, we got two games. 
We got to stomp on them the next game. We got to stomp. Like, you get your team going in these interviews. You're like, oh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so what are you saying? He has no Mark Messier in that department. <laughs> I'll tell you, he's not guaranteeing anything but tea times right now. That's all he's guaranteeing. He's, well, guaranteeing, guarantee he's guaranteeing that this buildup was a waste, was complete waste of resources. And, and frankly, he's guaranteeing that he's overpaid. He's way overpaid because I never seen a younger defenseman look 45. Like he's 28 years old, Jacob Truba. And he's not like 40. He, he looks so old out there. He's super slow. He doesn't make great passes. I mean, and, and Adam Fox is trying to do too much. He was doing so well in those first two games. And I feel like Adam, Adam Fox should be the captain of this team, frankly. I mean, he'd be a better captain than Truba. And because he does put it all out there, he puts too much out there. Right. And, and it puts him in a bad position. And good on the Devils because – all year long, we see Adam Fox. He does these shifty moves where you think he's done. He's got no outlet. He's got nowhere to move the puck. And then all of a sudden, he makes a clean pass, like, across the ice. You're like, how did he even hang on to that puck? He does that constantly, and the Devils have been swarming him. They have been swarming him like the Rangers have been swarming Jack Hughes, at least how they swarmed him in the first two games. Right. Uh, you know, if you look at the goal that uh, Siegenthaler got in that game four, that was on Nico Mikola. He backed off Heischer, his gap control. It's all about the gap control in this game. This is two of the greatest teams this year. I'm not, I have no doubt in that. The Devils and the Rangers are probably, as far as the playoff hockey I've seen, I'd say that like the, in the top four of the teams playing right now. Okay. Because I, I honestly haven't been impressed with a, bu a bunch of other teams. Like, Boston hasn't impressed me. Like, they should have already killed Florida, in my opinion. Uh, even though Florida's been good. But we'll get to that. But I just feel that this Devils-Rangers series is like, it's two teams. They're really good. They really should not have met each other in the first round. Like, this, the, the fact that this is a first-round matchup, it, it really is miserable to me. Because uh, the, really, Florida screwed this all up. Because if Florida had just beaten uh, what they had, Carolina, right? Right. I, I think at the end, if they had beaten them, the Devils would have won, jumped into first place. Rangers would be playing Carolina right now. Florida would be playing uh, the Devils. And Islanders would have played Boston. Would have been completely different playoffs. You yeah. know, like. I'll tell you, though, I've always. I don't mind, and, and I'll tell you why. Because to me, if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you got to play those good teams, anyways, at some point, right? So at least this way, you get a marquee matchup like the Devils and the Rangers. Because who knows what what could have happened in the first round? The Rangers or the Devils could have been upset, and then there goes the whole apple card, anyways. And you're not going to get to see them meet, so you do get to see that matchup anyhow. And you know, like I said. It actually could work out for the winner of either team because then, okay, so let's say the Rangers win, you know, next round, they may not have as tough of an opponent because of a matchup and all that. So I never really bought into that whole, 
it's not fair to play a tough first round matchup because again, at some point, more likely than not, you're going to have to play a tough team at, at some point. So, and I think it's really beneficial for those teams to get, get a matchup like that in because now you've, you've been fighting the war, baby. You're, you're on and now you're in full mode. Whereas if you get a, a series where you can kind of skate through, that doesn't always you know, bode well, to be honest with you. Right, right. I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from. Uh, my point is the best teams sh- should stay in the playoffs longer. And I really feel that Jersey and the Rangers are two of the best teams in this tournament. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see either one, really, honestly. I would love to see another double series against a team that's not mine. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that would be fine with me. I would love to see the Devils kick the hell out of Carolina because there's no doubt that they would. Like, you know, I really feel they, they would beat most of these teams in the East if they were playing them right now. You know, yep. they're – the East and the West are both wide open insofar as I'm concerned. And I don't care that the Bruins set the, the record for most points in a season and won the President's Cup and all that. To me, and I, you know, I said this right from the start, these playoffs are wide open on both ends. Anybody could win this thing. This oh, yeah. year feels more than any other year around. And that's even with a dominating regular season performance from the Bruins. I truly believe that this is anybody's game at this point. And, you know, speaking of those Carolina Panthers, let's talk – or Carolina Hurricanes, let's talk about them for a second. Because they're taking on the Islanders and what could definitely be called a, well, a very, uh, well, defensive-minded series. Let's just say that. Boring? You want to say okay. boring? Yeah, yeah, all right. Let's just say boring. a boring series. Okay? It's boring, all right? It's real boring. <laughs> it's boring enough that I'm, I haven't watched – half the series i would say yeah, it, it, I, i've watched i watch a period a here and there and then i said wow this is boring like <laughs> like nothing's happening like it, it's but and it's islanders, a testament it's only a testament to the islanders by the way yeah. is the islanders are shutting them down and frankie carolina is just getting dumb luck goals. Like yeah. <laughs> some of their goals are just dumb luck let me tell you jesper fast has two goals in this series that doesn't happen, okay? Right. Like right. this guy gets seven goals a year. Like it always seems to be like three or four were shorthanded too. Doesn't it always seem that way. Yeah, anyway. yeah, and good on him. He's a good yeah. penalty killer, Absolutely. man. I'll get, I've yeah. always said that about him. He was a great penalty killer for the Rangers. Uh, he was one of those guys that like the Rangers were just cap crunched because of bad man. contracts, like yeah. Kevin Shattenkirk and stuff like that. Dan Girardi contract that. Yeah. We let Jesper fast walk for what amounted to about about three quarters of a million dollars or five hundred thousand right. dollars, somewhere between that. Right. It was like we were going to pay him one point two five, and he got two million from Carolina. Like, well, he had and, just had to be coming off a career year that year too, as it always yeah, turns out, right? I mean, it was he, like we just, you know, they're always saying people are always saying the Rangers don't develop guys, and it's like we do. For other teams, <laughs> like we can't, we keep a guy just long enough, like Buchnevich, we keep him just long enough till he gets good, and then we're like, oh, now we can't afford to pay him, trade him <coughs> to St. Louis for you know Sammy Blay that we gave back for nothing. So, well, you got Tarasenko it, back in that deal. Yeah, I guess, but you know, what's it going to matter if they're out in the next two games? Right. Not a lot, right. you know. You know, and actually, I do want to ask you, too, because before we go go to that Islanders-Carolina series, let's finish up with that Ranger-Devil talk. 
now it's a best two out of three. Yeah. And two of them are, you know, well, if game seven is necessary, it'll be in Newark. So game seven is tonight. You think game so? seven is tonight? Think who wins tonight wins this series? Whoever wins tonight wins this series. It's not going to go seven games. Interesting. Not going. Only way. Well, let me let me rephrase that. The only way it goes seven games is if the Rangers win tonight. <laughs> okay, the Rangers win tonight. Then of course they'll blow it at home because that's what they do in the playoffs. And then they'll go back to Newark. And anything can happen in Game Seven. I don't like to predict them, but you know. <laughs> but if the Devils win tonight, it's over. It's over. And I honestly, unless the Rangers can show me something else out the gate, I I think the Devils have it. Yeah, I think the I Devils just, have it. I picked I them. And I'll honestly, I told you I did sixteen brackets, right? Yep. yep. I think I picked the Devils in fourteen of them. I just can't right. believe the one eighty. I did pick just, them in seven. I did right. pick them in seven every time because I knew this series wasn't going to be short. Even when the range was up to nothing, when Jacob Trouba was saying, oh, it's going to be a long series, it's like, yeah, Jake, it is. We all know that. But that's not how you get your team jacked up. That's not how you lead your team. Well, we'll see what happens. No, 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 no. Like, you know, I, I know at the same time, you don't want to fuel the devils. You know what I mean? Right. But you could say, like, you could say things like, well, you know, they're young guys. They're talented, but they're young. they never been here. Sink into their head. Get that going in their head. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Because we know they've already admitted that that was in their head. Yeah. Like, so why not run with that, Jake? Like, it's the playoffs. Everything counts. Even the after-the-game interviews, they count. You got to learn how to get into the other team's head that way, you know, not just, you know, have them laying on our goaltender and no repercussion at all for Timo Meyer, by the way. Like, yeah. So that's what I think is going to happen. Now you've got a young team that's full of confidence as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they know they can cheat. And they know they can cheat because let me tell you, game four may as well have been called what's interference because there's just interference. Every face-off, there's interference. The refs will not drop the pucks. I don't know what this thing is about the refs and the pucks. I've said it before to you. Just go back to put the puck on the ice and blow the whistle. That's how it should go. That's how hockey started. They need to go back to that. Put the puck on the ice. The guys put their sticks there. Boop, go. That's it. You don't have to worry about, oh, I'm dropping it. I'm not dropping. Oh, I'm dropping. Oh, you get out of here. You, you, yeah. you cheated. Like, what is this? Nobody yeah, that, came to see the linesman. Like, oh, it's so irritating. And they're like, well, he's cheating. Well, he's cheating. Well, let's get rid of it all together. Put the puck on the ice. Blow the whistle. How hard <laughs> is that? How hard is it? Nobody yeah. cheats that way. What's the problem? That's how they used to do it. What was the problem with it? I don't know. Maybe we'll have to make that a hockey Zamboni and find out why they changed that. Because the that's what they used to do. Put the puck on the ice, the guys line up, they blow the whistle, the game starts. <laughs> like, I don't know. This is the, I can, you, you see it all over the league. Every one of these series, you see the, the crowd booing the linesman because he won't drop the puck. <laughs> like, and that's actually I talked to uh, to a friend of mine who's who's a linesman actually, and he's a referee. 
And that's something that's come all the way down through from the NHL to the AHL down to the college and high school ranks too. That uh, that's actually on purpose. So they've they've come they've basically said that they don't want any more cheating in faceoffs, and that they're going they're cracking down on it by judging the linesmen. Right. So while you're watching the game, there's people watching these linesmen, and they're getting yeah. judged and critiqued afterwards. Like, no, you're allowing this cheating, so. You get like demerits or something. It's like this weird grading system. So that's why some of them are so paranoid about the face-offs because, oh, I don't want to get a bad report, you know? But you can't blame them, especially the young guys. And I don't want guys to cheat on. I don't want guys to cheat either. I don't think either team should be allowed to cheat. I don't think the puck should be allowed to be dropped, you know, between the legs of the opposing player, so it goes right back because I've seen that too, you know. Yeah. And you'll see every now and again the ref will blow the whistle, and then sometimes he won't. You ever see that? Yeah. When the whole team stands there because they know it was wrong, but the ref didn't blow the whistle, so they just play on. Like I see that all the time too. That just happened. <coughs> Excuse me. That just happened in the Devils game the other night. They blew out two. They blew out two uh, face-offs. So the first one, uh, he was about to drop it, and then somebody came in, he kicked somebody. I think he kicked out Trocek. Somebody else comes in. He drops the puck. It went to a ranger side. He blows the whistle. Oh, that was a bad drop. Like, he goes to do it again. And then he drops the puck on the devil's side, and all the devils stood there because it looked so bad. And then the play just went on. All the Rangers left the zone, and the Devils got a free possession. And it was like, what is this? Like, why, why are we working so hard to do it right? And then you still did it wrong, but you're like, I already blew the whistle three times. I got to let play start. Like, cool. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I so what's the point then? Like, just put the puck on the ice, blow the whistle, let's go. Like, we're not here to see the refs. We're not here to see the linesmen. Like, it, it's... It's a problem. It's a big problem. And, and and I like that the NHL has tried to address it, like the no gloves uh, moving the puck. I think um, <clears throat> oh, stupid Ranger just did this. Um, I can't remember which guy did it. It was a guy that doesn't take face-offs a lot. He ended up going into, I think it might have been Mott. He went into the face-offs and he, he batted the puck back with his hand. They immediately call the penalty. Right, you can't. And he he was looking like, what? What I do? And it's like, <laughs> everybody's looking at him like, what are you doing? They made a rule about that. You can't do that. Like, like <laughs> it, it was really blatant. It was really stupid. Yeah. Um, but moving on to Carolina and the Islanders in the series that time forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Carolina, they've been very fortunate. If you've watched these, this game, there's times where Carolina is obviously the better team and they're schooling the Islanders on the ice. They're faster and whatnot. But that's been very little of this series. Most of it's been the Islanders locking things down, making things difficult, and then countering with their physicality and their close team support and... We saw last night, I mean, Barzell finally got free. He had a hell of a snipe. I mean, it was a two-on-one, and you're like, is he going to pass? Because I forgot who he had with him on that breakaway. He had Horvat, didn't he? 
Horvat, yes. I'm like, I know it was another good score. So it was Horvat and Barzell, two on one. And Horvat takes, or um, Barzell takes the shot. Horvat played a good decoy. I think the defender led to Horvat thinking that Barzell was going to pass. Right. But Ranta had no shot to stop that. No. Frankly, I don't know a goaltender in the league that would have stopped that. No. Really. I mean, it, it was just amazing shot. And, and, that's dangerous. That is dangerous for Carolina because you don't want Barzell getting his stride right now. Like you just, you don't want to give him extra confidence, you know? No, no, uh, not at all. Because if there's an Islander that's got stuff swimming around in his brain, it's Barzell, right? Like, well, man, Brock it. Nelson, Brock Nelson. I mean, he might be one of the best puck handlers I've ever seen. Yeah, and just, and nobody, not, nobody knows about him. <laughs> he, 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 really, he's like Adam Fox as a forward. It's like, I think the guy loses the puck a hundred times, and somehow he's just like, dinking, diving, you know, screwing around with the puck, and it's in his skates, it's behind him, it's through the guy's legs, and somehow he winds up with it in the slot for a shot. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, how is this guy like, has this guy not on ads? You know what I mean? Like Jack, every other ad I see is Jack Hughes now, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, it's like, you know, there's other guys in the league that have been here. I mean, Brock Nelson is a very underrated player. And um, it's three to two right now as the Islanders won last night in Carolina. Comes back I really hope the right. Islanders can win at home. That's all I can say. They go back, win at home. Make it a game seven, and let's see what happens. If that gets to game seven, I think the Islanders have just as good a chance as any any team would. Anybody because, does because in a game Sorokin. seven. You know, I mean, with Sorokin in that, I'm telling you, Sorokin looked really good last night, too. Um, man, if he gets his stride, and then all of a sudden, now the Islanders got a little bit of confidence built up. I don't know. That, to me, honestly, Chris, the series is not over. <laughs> Carolina was up 3-1. It's not over. It, it really isn't. I mean... Ranta has been great, to yeah. tell you the truth. Yeah, he has. Um, he has. It, without Ranta, this thing would be – if they were with Freddie Anderson, this series would be done. Right, right. It would be done. I agree. Yep. <laughs> you know, so the people that were like, the Rangers be Auntie Ranta. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. He, Auntie Ranta is a great goaltender. You know, Auntie Ranta learned in New York, which is why he's a great goaltender. Because he wasn't that great when he got to New York. You know, but, you know, the goaltender whisperer, Ben Wilder, changes a lot of guys. He's made a lot of guys' career. Cam Talbot, you know, Georgiev. All these guys are starters now. You know, they were backups in New York, <laughs> you know. Well, they weren't even so, one quest. That's, uh... <laughs> well, right, right. But, it, <laughs> you know, look at how good Lundqvist was. Do you think any of those guys were better than him now? No. Right. So, I mean... It was justified. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just saying that they weren't getting past Lundqvist. That's, that's for sure. Right. But all those guys had years where Lundqvist got hurt and missed, you know, 15, 20 games. And Kem Talbot picked yes. up the slack one year. One year, Georgia picks up the slack. And that's what allows other teams to see, oh, these guys can start. Like, right. you know, so it was good for their careers. Um, absolutely. I definitely think it's going to be – I think the Islanders push this to seven games. 
And anybody can win a game seven. That's one thing I've seen in hockey over my lifetime is if you make it to game seven, all bets are off. Although with the the two the styles that these two teams play, it might be the most boring game seven ever. But that's okay. Oh, it might be four overtimes and zero zero, but you know, it'll be a game. Anybody can still win it. Like. Might have to put one of the ice girls on the ice. I don't know. Yeah. Distract them. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's been – it's been, I've, I honestly thought the Islanders should be doing better than this. I thought they were going to win this series. I picked them to win it. I picked I, them I to really, win it a bunch. Yep. I really thought <laughs> they, they would be – they'd be the ones leading at this point. But they're mm-hmm. not. Carolina is a very good team. You can't take that away from them, obviously. Uh, finishing first in the Metro, <laughs> there are no pushovers. I just and, thought that, you know, with personally, I thought that the Islanders had the edge in goaltending. And to me, goaltending is everything in the playoffs. And, but like I said, this series is not over yet at all. And I think you're right. I think this will go seven. Uh, not going to spend too much time on this because I don't really think we need to spend too much time on it. Is there any way that the Florida Panthers can come back and make this a series against the Bruins? Because they're down three games to one. <laughs> It's not looking good for Florida at all. It's going to depend what they can do tonight. They gotta, they have to Islander this thing, right? You're going back to Boston, right? Mm-hmm. They got to win this game. They win this game, and they go back home. I don't know how much home ice means to Florida anyway. Right. But there's one thing, you know, <clears throat> that... <clears throat> factors into most series doesn't factor into Rangers Devils but it factors into the other series is travel you know yeah Boston to Florida ain't a sh- right. I mean it's not nothing you know right it's, it's certainly not a bus ride across the river it's still a, it's still a pretty good flight you know right. you got to go to the airport you got to pack your bag all that stuff you know Rangers and Devils are staying in their own homes right so right. you know it's not a big deal to them but when you got to do that, so and, and it lets you know things sink in your head more. I think yeah. when you got to travel like that, so Florida wins tonight. All of a sudden, Boston is like, oh, "We got to fly back to Florida." You know, it gets in their heads a little bit. They get a little annoyed. Maybe that gives them juice. Maybe it doesn't. You know, maybe it gives Florida juice on the flight home. Like, hey, we're going back home, and we're do we're coming back here, guys. You know what I mean? Like, we need to put that in our head. We're coming back here to right. Boston. You know, so can they do it? I mean, there are times in this series where Boston has not looked good, frankly. No, like, no. and Boston's got guys missing, and I understand right. that, but I don't what understand I will say too, I, though. That they, I'll tell you, with Boston. The, the dangerous thing about them right now is, is they're getting contributions elsewhere, right? Taylor Hall is playing. Well, that's my – you were just hitting the point I was going to make. <laughs> Boston can't have two stories. This isn't a tale of two hockey teams, okay? You're either a very good, heavily, you know, uh, rostered, good depth team that you went out and made all these depth acquisitions at the trade deadline and made sure your team was deep as hell, right? And now that guys are hurt, they're like, well, guys are missing out. Well, that was the reason why you got deep as hell. You knew those guys were going to get hurt. 
You knew they're on their last legs. They barely started the season. Half of them weren't even supposed to be here until December or January. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, so it can't be both things. It can't be, oh, we're, we're doing so good without our best guys. You were planning on not having your best guys because that's what you went out and did. You know what I mean? So I don't know if you knew something ahead of time. I don't know if you knew Bergeron's hip was bothering him or something like that. I don't know. But your team went out and did this for this reason. Don't act like, oh, we're behind the gun now because we lost Bergeron. It's like you guys were built to lose with these guys. But you still have fantastic guys. And by the way, your best guy, Pasternak, is still in the lineup. So don't tell me you lost your best guy when your best guy is Pasternak. And I don't care what you say. He's your best guy. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you haven't lost Marshan. He's a pest of pests. Like, you know, so (laughs) it's it's hard for me to feel like I'm not – and and good on Boston to do what they should be doing. But, like, I'm not going to all of a sudden – by this underdog story of the Boston Bruins not who a, just set an NHL regular season right. record. Like, don't come up with this BS narrative. Like, they're a good team. They should be doing good. They should be done, <laughs> frankly. You well, know? So, I think good on Florida, the underdog team that's looking well. And, and now, the question is, what does Florida do tonight in goal? I'll tell you what, as nice, as nice of a story as Alex Lyon has been, and I know Sergei Bobrovsky has looked shaky at times, but I've been saying this all along. You paid him all that money. He's got the track record. Your season's on the line. Do you go with the guy that you brought in to stabilize your net for the next, what, they give him a seven-year contract? Or do you go Bobrovsky? with the guy that you just, yeah, remember it was yeah. like two years it was, like that. I know it was too long, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a seven-year contract, <laughs> and, and it was like ridiculous money. It was like nine or ten million dollars or something like that. And it's ten million right. a year. Yeah, there you go, right? So do you play that guy, or do you play the kid you just called up from the AHL with your season on the line? I I, I really think they should have already gone to Bob. Lundquist said that too. I think on TNT, he because, said, you know, if they if they lost the last the previous game, he said they lose this one. I say you go to Bob. He's got the experience. He gave the kid a couple of games. He's done well. You got to go back to Bob. Give the kid a day of rest. See how Bob does. If he does great, keep him. If not, go back to the kid. Like you know. Well, but here's here's the thing with Bobrovsky too, right? Bobrovsky has been a worker <coughs> his entire career. Right, he's one of those guys that's got to play a lot to be effective. It's just the way, obviously, he is. Uh, get him into his rhythm. You know, this whole well, we're going to play him at the end of the regular season. Then, we're, then he's not going to play for two weeks, and we're going to expect him to come right back in and be in Vezina Trophy form. Doesn't work that way, right? He's he's got to be playing to get into his rhythm. So, I think we're both on the same page there. Obviously, you go with Bobrovsky tonight. Your well, the other line. thing is, he's also got to see a lot of shots to be good. Yeah. Yeah, he's not one of those goalies. He's not He's not one of those goalies that can stand back there and then all of a sudden he sees something and he's great. Right. He lets that crap in. Right. So it's almost like Boston is a team that he's built to play because right. they shoot. They get so many exactly. shots and opportunities. Exactly. So it really didn't make a lot of sense to me that 
and, and granted, absolutely, I would have started with Lyon. Absolutely. That kid got you there. Yep. He deserved an opportunity to start that off and put the team on his shoulders. But he had but, to have a short leash. Short leash, game or two, and that's it. And now you gave him too much of a leash, and you're in this position. I think they should go with Bob and just put it all out there. And frankly, if Bob can't get it done in one game, yeah. depending on how the team looks ahead of him, if I was the GM, I'd be looking at buyout. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an idea, but boy, I'll tell you, that's going to be – so he'll have four years remaining on that, I believe, after this season. So that's going to be eight years. Additionally, they're going to have that contract on the on the books. Yeah, but it wouldn't be ten mil a year, right? It would be like what, well, five point six or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but it's all spread out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So know, I, it'd be yeah, something. I, it'd be something. Offer, if, if that's the case, they will be better off offering to retain fifty percent and try to trade him to somebody who's desperate for goaltending help to get him over the hump. But Edmonton, Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would certainly face a lot of shots. That's for sure. Hey, because... and they like paying for over, they like paying for guys overpriced contracts. Boy, you ain't kidding there. Oh, <laughs> we'll get to them in just a minute. Uh, but I do want to ask you though. Let me ask you a question. Have we seen the last of the Tampa Bay Lightning being a Stanley Cup favorite? No. 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 You're not. You're not dismayed by what's going on here against Toronto. No, why would I be? Well, because this is very highly unusual from the Tampa Bay Lightning to be blowing leads like this, and now all of a sudden Toronto's got a stranglehold on this series when they lost both games in Tampa, which is very, very shocking to me. They were up 4-1 in the third period, and they blew the lead. Right. And now, and now here you are, Toronto uh, – on the verge of wrapping this thing up, and I know it's Toronto, and things can still happen. Let I me get tell it. you a story. But <laughs> let me tell you a story, okay? Because there's certain way things go in sports, okay? When you're a team like the Rangers were in 1994, okay, hadn't won a cup in 54 years. Everywhere you go, fans are chanting 1940. It's in every player's head. It's a curse. You've come so close. 79, you know, you lose to Montreal. Like the 80s, you lose to the Islanders in the playoffs. Like all these things that kept going wrong for the Rangers. Things that the Rangers were two seconds from beating the Devils in game seven and Zella Pukin ties it. You know what I mean? Like, that goes through everybody's head, not just the fans, but also the players. Like, maybe this team is cursed, right? The Boston Red Sox, when they finally beat the Yankees, ended up going on to win the World Series. They were down 3 nothing, And they got shellacked in Game, game three. 3. Yeah. Okay? I watched Game 3 with a friend of mine who was a Red Sox fan. And she was like in tears, right? I think it was like 18 to six or something that game three, right? And I said to her, I said, you got to understand something about sports and curses and the way that these things work out. You have to go the hardest route in order to overcome that. There's no other way. So when I see that Tampa Bay is up by three goals with 11 minutes left, Toronto comes back and wins the game in overtime. 
kind of like when Boston did that to Toronto a bunch of years ago, right? That's what tells me Toronto's on a special thing. Toronto's trying to do something special here. And if they can get it done, it, it doesn't take away from Tampa Bay at all to me, though. You, you said, you know, does that make Tampa not a Stanley right. Cup contender? Not at all. No, I think not, they'll still be a contender for next year. Is a favorite, they're, they're still a favorite. They got Vasilevsky. They got Stamkos. They got Kucherov. Those guys aren't going anywhere as long because, as Hedman stays healthy. We know Hedman's not very healthy right now. That makes do. a huge difference because he is a stellar defenseman. But you okay. know what this reminds me of, Chris? You know what this really reminds me of? If you recall when the Chicago <coughs> Blackhawks won their three cups, what was it, in five, six seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you remember when they got Two in an by... asterisk, please. Yes. Well, okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you recall... We don't count those short seasons no, equally. I, no, I, no, no, I mean, no. I, oh, I, I got a friend of mine who's a Blackhawks fan, and I always say he, they won two and a half cups. Yep. Same with the Devils. Same with the Devils. Two and a half cups. Yep. (laughs) But anyways, uh, with the with the Lightning. So, anyways, so with the Hawks, they remember when they got bounced by the Nashville Predators, and it was like a five game. It it wasn't a sweep. I think the the Hawks did get one game in, and that was what twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. And everybody said, "Oh my God, how could this possibly have happened?" Well, then that's when the nosedive started, right? And that's when it started to look like, oh boy. This team aged like overnight. What my concern is with the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've played so much hockey over the past even eight years, if you look at it. They have yeah. played a ton of hockey. There's yeah, a tons. lot, a lot of miles on that train, right? And I think they've they're finally starting to get to the point. And I'm not saying that they're gonna collapse, you know, right off the hop. There's no way. Right. There's, there's still too much talent. They're 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 coming down the but mountain. They're, but they're on they're their coming way down, down the mountain. mountain. You know? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, all those years, same thing with the Hawks, but they did, you know, trading away all those first round picks, trading away prospects to keep that window open. And you can't blame them, right? Because when you no. have that kind of talent, why wouldn't you, right? You have to, you have to carpe diem, right? Take advantage of the moment when it's there. Um, my concern with the, the Lightning, like I said, is that they've played so much hockey and there's so much wear and tear on those tires that I think now they're, they go from being a great team to a very good team. Yeah, I, I also don't. Think... I don't. I think this one's over. I think Toronto is going to finish them off, um, just by the fact that again, and like three years ago, there was no way you would have ever seen the Tampa Bay Lightning blow a three goal lead in the playoffs at home. It was unthinkable. It would have never happened. And, and, and now you know, there's, there's cracks in the armor. And, and you got to give Toronto credit though. Toronto's sure. a really good, well constructed team. Like, you know, they well, haven't been able to win grit. a series, but nobody debates the fact Toronto's a good team. Well, they finally got hey. some grit, right? Yeah. They used to be and, all flash, no bash. And now they've got some grit to them. And, and, really and Sansonov's been good. You know, he's been good enough. You know? Good enough is right, yes. And, 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 I mean, he's had a bad game or whatever, but, like, you know, he's not a bad goaltender. You know, he's better than Vanatek. I could tell you that much. Uh, uh, so I don't, I think it's, I don't think it's as much on Toronto. I think there's also something to this, Scott. And, and this just came to me, but like, I think of like when the Oilers were just winning cup after cup after cup, 
or the or the Islanders even in the early eighties, right? Because like the eighties were basically like who won the cup in the eighties? It was the Islanders, the Oilers, and then Calgary and Montreal. Each Calgary and that was it. And, well, Montreal got the ninety one, right? Like, no, they got eighty six. Oh, 86. That's right. 86. And they played each other in the finals. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then, you know, and then what, 90 is the Oilers again? Yep. Uh, and 91 and 92 were the Penguins. Yep. And so, like, but that Oilers dynasty, right? I mean, it was a dynasty. Mm-hmm. If that Oilers team had stayed together, mm. Would they have won more cups? I think they would have. I, I think so. You know, but I think it's different today. I think with these guys making money today, with the distractions of other things that are available to guys, especially with money, I think once you win a cup, you win two cups, I think there's some softness that keeps you from continuing. You know what I mean? I think it might take maybe that's why in Chicago's case, you know, they win in 2010, they don't really win another one, a real one until 2016, right? Because the 2013 is the short, short year. Yeah. They won again so, 15, I believe it was. 15? Right? Yeah, because okay. 16 and 17 were the Penguins. Okay. My ears are off by. Yeah, year. it's a... I thought I thought 17, 18. <laughs> it was, was somewhere the in there, right? But yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I like to erase those penguins once. <laughs> so block out bad memories, right? Yeah, yeah. So um I guess my point is like I don't know that it's so much on Tampa. Like I think it's just hard, you know, at this point for them to be like and I don't know what's gonna happen next game. And Tampa could still easily take the series. I mean I can still easily see it happening. But Jesus, I mean, could you imagine if Tampa wins the next game? There's going to be, you know, there's going to be people jumping out of windows in Toronto. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it, it's it's not good. It's not a good thing. Uh, so I hope Toronto does finish it off, save some lives. But uh, you know, Tampa, like, and I picked Toronto in this series this year. I, I thought they were finally going to get over this hump, and and they look like they are. You know. They got to be sick of it, these guys, right? It's not just a franchise at this point. It's these guys. Like, you know, you can't say, oh, yeah, they, they lost to Boston, you know, in 2011 or whatever it was, 2010. Like, you can't just say that anymore. These guys have lost in the playoffs the last, what, three, four years? Like, so it's on these guys now. They have to step it up. And I think they're doing that, you know? And, Tampa is you're right. They have a lot of tired wheels and, and whatnot, but I think I still think they're gonna be a good team. And and honestly, the best thing for them right now would be an early exit. Like yeah. <laughs> because get some, rest. get some rest, play some golf, yeah. like get ready for next season. Cause those guys need uh they need some time off. Yeah. And they look like it. They look like it. I agree. They totally look agree. they like tired and weathered. Absolutely. All right, my friend, let's switch over to the Western Conference, shall we? And um, you know what? We're going to start off with that LA Kings Edmonton Oilers series. So that was a, a really good series until last night, basically. Um, last night, the series was tied at two. They go up to Edmonton for game five, and Edmonton just blows 
the doors off LA last night. Um, I watched that game, and I will say, you know, for one thing, Edmonton looked like the best they've played well since the, the, the end of the regular season, right? When they dominated the last 20 games, that was the Edmonton Oilers team that showed up last night. And frankly, LA looks scared to make a mistake. And when you play scared to make a mistake against a team like the Edmonton Oilers, you are going to get destroyed. It's that simple. And that is exactly what happened. Uh, Eunice Corpusala, who's been very good for the Kings, and that got pulled. Uh, they brought Phoenix Copley in. Uh, he gave up a couple goals. One of them, I mean, you can't blame him for the one there, the, the Zach Hyman goal that went off Zach Hyman's face. I don't know if I saw that, that one. I yeah. Mean, I, got I didn't know how that should earned, be legal. He earned that goal. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, if you're not allowed to headbutt it in, why is it allowed to go in off your face? I was, I was wondering that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, but there I, was two goals. Two goals last night went out off guys' faces. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. another one in, uh, I think, the Dallas game. Like, and went I'm off like, the guy's shield. But so. at that point, you know, the, the, the game was just about over anyways. Um, Edmonton completely dominated. Uh, L.A. is having a horrible time with their power play. Uh, they're killing penalties at a 42% rate in this series. And I'll tell That's, you what, when, when you're at 42, you're not going to win. It's that simple. Um, I, I was going to say that's impressive, actually. Yeah, Against right. this power play, that's impressive. Right. Because that means you're you're almost stopping the power play half the time. <laughs> yeah, and when you're facing the number one power play team in the league, I will that's, tell you that's impressive. In watching that penalty kill, though, here's something about the Oilers I've noticed with that power play. Oh, and it's very impressive, extremely it's impressive. It's ridiculous. It's you can't sit back in that box and let them move the puck around the perimeter like they do. No, and that's exactly what LA doing. They're, they're getting into that box and they're just kind of watching all this go around, 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 and the next thing you know. McDavid or Dreisaitl makes a move off the side and boom, it's in the <laughs> well, net. That's, well, that's also my point. You got you attack, attack them, and then the next thing you know, McDavid or Dreisaitl's down at the bottom of the corner boards, and they just float the puck across the crease to an empty guy there. Whoever's not McDavid right. or Dreisaitl in the corner but is I catching that, that point, puck at the crease. you got to like, pick your poison. You, you know, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you're, you're, gotta, you're getting you screwed either it. way. Yeah. You're getting screwed so, either way. You know, yeah. So I, I mean, I just it it was pretty unreal. Uh, it, it's that. that old saying. It's that old saying. The best way is not to be on the shorthanded, like like yeah. in war games, right? right. Like, the, the best way is not to play the game. Like don't get out. Don't get shorthanded. Just don't do it. Whatever you got to do, do not take a penalty against Edmonton. That's right. that's how you that's how you beat them. You play them clean. You play them hard. And that's how L.A. won the games that they won. Well, L.A. Like, LA won those games by clogging up the neutral zone and not letting them get ahead of steam into the zone. They played them hard. And, and last night they just said, ah, you know what? Let's just kind of sit back tonight. Let's see what happens. And what happens was they got bulldozed. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, that was for, for Kings fans that was tough to watch. Um, but I will say this, you know, as, as impressive as the Oilers have been, um, they're still giving up a lot of goals, right? And the deeper you get into the playoffs, if you can't stop that bleeding at some point, it's going to burn you. It's going to burn you, right? If you get into a, say, you know, you let's say the avalanche get past the Kraken. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, you know, the avalanche can score with anybody as well, and they have a little bit better defense. So that could be another Achilles heel. 
But as it stands right now, this series is at three to two Edmonton. It goes to LA for game six Saturday night. I mean, it's LA. I'll tell you what, if LA plans on taking this back to Edmonton, they simply have to go balls to the wall Saturday night. You, you really I think it and will. I, and I know, you know, structure in the one, three, one is their thing. That's what they do. But I think that they've got to just say, guys, our season's on the line. We, we got to go for it now. You can't just sit back and hope that, you know, well, Let's catch Connor McDavid as he's going around the corner. Good luck. You know, you're not going to do that sitting back. Uh, let's <laughs> the Leon Dreisaitl misses the net. Good luck. He's not going to. You know, <laughs> I mean, Vander Kane's, you know, catching fire at the right time. It, it's, oh, you know, it's kind of a so aggravating. Part. So yeah. aggravating, Vander Kane. It was on my fantasy team getting me nothing half the year. Oh, missing no. games to go deal with his legal issues. Like, and now he's lighting things up. I can't stand him. I hate him. Hate Evander Kane right now. Yeah. Only because of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only because of that. Exactly. Um, honestly, I, I call this series the series with no goaltenders because I don't think either of these goaltenders have been very good. Uh, and. You know, I think if LA had a better goaltender, this series would be over. Um, uh, I don't know. Corpus Allo until last night was very good. Um, I mean, don't, let's not forget he's been getting barraged all all five games. I mean, there's just no if and or's or buts about it. And I and I'll tell you what was really disheartening that game four, LA had that fantastic start. Right, they went up three nothing at you know at the end of the first period, <clears throat> and what they do. The one thing you simply cannot do, especially against a team like Edmonton, they let off the gas. They said, all right, yep. we got, yeah, we got three it. Three goal lead, Sit let's back. protect it. And yeah. boy, did that come back to burn them. Man, did it ever. Can't ever do that. No, nope. never. Exactly. Exactly. Never. You got to, you're up by three. You want to be up by five. Yeah, like, especially that's against what Edmonton. you got to do. Especially that's what you got to do. You got to be. You got to do it. Yeah, That's what so, honestly impressed me about the Rangers in those first two games with New Jersey. Because right, they had they three to, they had three nothing leads in both of those, or three to one in one of them, I think. And it was like, oh, no, like what's going to happen here? And uh, and they kept on the gas. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, they have not done this all year. Like, right. this is great. Like, they're keeping on them. Like, and it, I was impressed. And if you look at you know, what Galan has said about that, he was like, those were perfect games, and that's what teams need to do. L.A. gets a three-goal lead. You don't sit back. You you pounce on them. You say, all right, exactly. let's really give this goalie something to think about. You know exactly. what I mean? Let's hammer these guys. That's the other thing I'm not seeing enough of in these playoffs is guys hitting guys for the next game. I'm not hitting you tonight. I'm hitting you for the next game. You know what I mean? Some of these games have gotten out of hand. Like game two of the Rangers-Devils got out of hand. One of the Boston-Florida games, that got out of hand. They just started gating guys. Good. That's what should be happening at the end of playoff games when you're losing. You need to make a message. This isn't over. We'll see you guys in a day and a half, and let's go. You know, I'm going to put your head through the glass. Like, that's hockey. You know what I mean? But... You gotta you gotta face repercussions. You gotta do it cleanly, you know well, things I'll like that. This. I think in this playoffs, what you're seeing more and more of is you're seeing some of these well hidden cheap shots being taken. Oh yeah, starting to see things get a little bit dirty. And I'm not you know pointing at any particular team. It's you see it across the board. 
and we talked about this before we started recording. You know, that's where you see now in the game is you know you don't have the enforcer out there anymore. So now you're still now you're starting to see players take matters into their own hands. And I hate to be you know jump on the bandwagon, but I will say across the board the officiating has been horrible. They and because and why? Because there's no consistency, and you can't blame that all on the officials. There's no consistency from the top down, it's, right? It's, you don't it's know not, what the heck. It's, the it's, no, you're you're, do. you're absolutely no incorrect. Idea. So the you're referees don't know what to call. You're you know, absolutely that, incorrect, Scott. It's a hundred percent consistent because this happens every year. Okay, every year well, this happens. Inconsistently inconsistent. Okay, every year this happens. They are they. They call games one and two really heavy, okay? That's why all these series have, like, ten power plays apiece in games one and two of their series, right? Most of them. Most of them have, like, five power plays aside through the first two games. And then all of a sudden, the whistles disappear. In game three, the refs can't find the whistles. And everything goes out the window, and guys start getting smashed into boards and everything like this, and guys start getting hurt, and then teams start crying about missed players and missed calls and all this stuff. And it's 100% justified. All these teams, even um, who was I just watching? Uh, a Winnipeg coach? Winnipeg coach was just, just saying it, I think. Rick Bonus? It was either him or it was uh, – no, 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 no. You know who it was? It was the um, Minnesota coach. Oh, Dean Evison. Dean Evison was complaining about the calls. And he's saying, like, we don't want to sit here and cry about calls. But it does make a difference. Like, look at who's winning these games. Who's winning these games is whoever scored on the power play. How did they get a power play? That's the question. It's like I said to you, and the Devils – Game three, it's Rangers are up one nothing. Timo Meyer changes his trajectory to fall on on Shesterkin's leg. Shesterkin's sitting in the crease. Timo Meyer all of a sudden is a cripple who can't get up off the ice. Is just laying on his leg, and Shesterkin starts punching. And as you said, ref turns around, sees Shesterkin punching at the guy laying on his leg, gives the penalty to Shesterkin. It's all retaliatory. I get it, but like. If we're calling this, like, it's a playoff game, let's try to see what we do. Well, if you're going to make a justification for the playoff game, you should have took them both. You should have took the one for GI and and maybe embellishment. You could have said embellishment easily because he wasn't getting up. And uh, you could have called Shesterkin for roughing. That's not what the refs chose to do. The refs chose to take the game into their own hands and say, you know what, it's a one nothing game, the Rangers are up, Let's give the Devils a chance to get in this. And that's exactly what they're thinking. And don't tell me that they're not. Because it's exactly what they do every single game, whichever team it, it is. One team's up, all of a sudden, the, the team behind gets a power play. It happens over and over again. Well, with like, that play, let me ask you a question then. Who was the, the defenseman that was going into the play with Meyer? I can't quite remember. Was it Lindgren? I wanted it came to mind that it might be Lindgren, yeah. So why was it Lindgren dragging Meyer off of his goaltender? Good question. Good question. What but at the same time I think if I if I were at you, the same I think time, that would bother me more. He than... didn't even hit he didn't even hit Meyer into But what I'm saying Shesterkin. is you gotta he, protect your goaltender. He 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 was protecting 
No. He was saying. trying to protect him out of the crease, and Meyer jumps into <laughs> to right. well, But what I'm saying is, if somebody's doing that to your goaltender, that should be, you know, like, instant. You're not doing this to my goaltender. I'm dragging yeah. you off of him. That's I, it. I, I think it was more of a thing of it the puck have, went the other it, way. It shouldn't and... have come to Igor Shesterkin having to punch Meyer. Shinura. No, I agree. I agree. It's and and hey, and hey, and hey, they've been going after Meyer every chance they could get. So I get it. And that and, and that wasn't even the beginning of it. Like Meyer, Meyer's been an issue since the series started. As far as physicality, what he's trying to do, the cheap shots he's taken. Well, for and, what the Devils paid for, we better start scoring. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing he hasn't done, right? Jeez. So, so, but he's doing a lot of other things, including taking penalties. Um, but, but my point is like, this is what the refs do. They put it away. It affects games. What happened in that game? Double scored on that power play, made it one, one. They didn't score the rest of the game until the overtime, uh, Dougie Hamilton game winner. Right. So like it made a difference in the game. These things make differences. So Dean Everson's completely justified. Yeah. Felino's knee on knee look bad. Yeah, should it have been a gate? It's debatable. It's debatable because we're what are we getting to next? Are we getting to Colorado next? Let's do Colorado next. All right, Colorado. Kel McCarr takes out Jerry McCann about ten minutes after the puck left the area. Like it's the most blatant. I mean, if you're not intending to hurt him there, what are you doing? Because right. the puck's not there. There there can't be a clearer intent to injure than that hit. Like, right. in, in my opinion. And because what I was saying earlier was the fact that he got hurt is what drew the attention to it. Because, unfortunately, if and, – and I, I – okay, how do I say this without sounding it, – it's terrible that McCann got hurt. But what I'm saying is if he doesn't get hurt, that, that call isn't even – that's not even talked about. It might not even be called, right? Exactly. That's if exactly he doesn't stay point. on the ice, they just turn around and go the other way, right. which is so wrong because – and this gets me to my next thing that I wanted to talk about today, the Department of Player Safety. What a joke. What a joke. Department – just that title is a joke because there is no concern about safety in the playoffs. It's out the window. Nobody cares. Guys – who did I just see get crushed the other day? Goes off to the bench. He's back on the ice two minutes later, and they go. It, it was. Uh, I know. I know. Butch Goring was one of the commentators on the game because he's like, must be good enough to get into the game. Like, must be good enough. He didn't go to any quiet room. That kid couldn't see two minutes ago and had to be helped off the ice, and he took his next shift. Like, even Goring was like, he didn't take a shift off. He's back on the ice. Like, what? What is going on? Like, it, it was not. It, it, there's no safety going on. And and it's proof by Kill McCarr. They reviewed them. They called the major, reviewed it, and dropped it to a minor. How nice for Kill McCarr. Didn't have to get the gate. Nothing like that. He's all good to stay in the game. Just a two-minute penalty. No big deal, Cal. We're sorry. No, we're sorry. We'll apologize to you, Cal. We we didn't want to call anything, but you did. He did get hurt on the play. Uh, 
just a minor fault of yours. Forget that the puck was already leaving the zone and you followed a guy into the corner and then smashed his head against the boards. But we're sorry, Cal, because you're a Norris Trophy winner. Well, that's oh, Polino, you're a repeat offender, but your knee swung out and hit a guy on his knee, so we're going to give you the gate in five. No, it's just like we were just talking about. You know, superstars in the league do get preferential treatment. There's no if and ors or buts about it. Uh, like I said, in watching this L.A. Edmonton series, let's let's be real. Connor McDavid is not above taking a little cheap shot at people as himself. Taking Absolutely. That, you know, and justify however you want. And while he's got to protect himself because that's what other people do to him, whatever is the Sidney Crosby effect because that's what they used to say about Crosby. Yep. Right. After and he takes cheap shots too. Off and all that, right? But the fact of the matter is because you don't have enforcers in the game anymore, there's nobody to um, – make people toe the line let's just put it that way and i'm not saying go back to the days of goonery hockey because that was no good either but there's yeah, i don't want to see the of... 75 uh, flyers or anything right like exactly exactly <laughs> but you either have to have fighting back in the game or department of player safety like you said actually has to do his job and apply it across the board and to everybody and, and here's it's the thing scott otherwise. here's the thing that makes me so mad about it is that I love this game. I love watching hockey. Loved it my whole life. I, I, I couldn't ever ice skate. I played tons of street hockey growing up. I was a goalie most of the time. I had street hockey goalie pads. I love hockey. Hockey's great. I think anybody that doesn't think hockey is the greatest sport on this planet is an idiot. Because I'm like, every other sport is great too. But you know what hockey does? It puts it on ice. And that yeah. is insane it's insane that this game happens at the speed it happens at the talent the skill all that stuff it's great and i'm all for protecting it with the department of player safety but you can't not protect it when it matters most when the cup is on the line right. and you throw the rules out it's not good for anybody the players don't like it the the, the management doesn't like it the fans don't like it Nobody likes it. So why does this continue to happen? How is this helping you grow the game? Because it's not. This is the number one thing hockey fans hate, other than the regional blackouts. That's the real number one thing the fans hate. <laughs> the second thing is this, okay? Yeah. People hate when the, the, the rules are thrown out the window. <clears throat> I'm sure <clears throat> there's some fine line the game can learn from letting the guys play to you know what I hear when I say, when I hear, let the guys play that poke check call where the pucks going out of the zone. The Rangers took one the other night. Tarasenko took it. Actually the pucks going out of the zone, the, the back defending player goes to reach for the puck goes between the guy's sticks the guy feels that stick between his legs. He folds like a pancake. Now the puck left the zone. He made his play. It didn't affect anything. Do you have to call that penalty on Tarasenko? You don't. You don't. It's a penalty, 100%. Sure. But if you're going to let the guys play, that's the one to let them play on. Not the, I followed the guy into the corner when the puck wasn't there, and I smashed his head against the glass. And you guys were smart enough to call it right the first time, then took another look at it in slow-mo and said, we'll let you go. <laughs> you know, 
Like, what? It, it's it's just it's bizarre to me. It's just absolutely bizarre that this continues to happen. And honestly, it's made me this year. I have every access to every game, and yet there's just some games I don't want to watch. Islanders, Carolina. You don't want. There's so many penalties going on in the, that series. It's ridiculous. I don't want to watch it. It's aggravating to me. See, oh, there's another interference. Uh, I said I, what I told you before the show started. <laughs> game four, Rangers Devils should have just been called the game of what's interference yeah. because there was so much clutching and grabbing going on that I'm just like, this is ridiculous. So. I don't understand NHL. You want to come out of the era of clutching and grabbing. Come out of that. We don't want it anymore. But when it comes to the playoffs, we do. Right. Because, like you said, Scott, what kept teams from clutching and grabbing back in the day was the enforcer line that would come out and put you through the wall. (laughs) So what do we need to do? Like, and I honestly have said this before, if we had a 75 flyers team, they would dominate this league right now. Dominate, <laughs> dominate them. Cause who's going to do anything? Nobody, nobody could do anything. Right. Ryan Reeves is just one guy in one team and that's it. <laughs> There's no other guys. Name me another guy. I don't know any. Well, I, I think that's part of the problem too, is because the game has gotten so fast that you can't just have an enforcer and that's all he does. You know, right. like, a, like a Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves can't keep up with the game. He's very good at keeping people in line. But you can't play him more than 10 minutes a game because you're going to be giving up, you know, a goal every other time he's on the ice because he just, you know, let's face it, he's slow. He can't keep up. And that's just the way the game's evolved. But there is also a need for toughness. So, I mean, there, that's a, a fine line to walk. But getting back to that Colorado-Seattle series, let me ask you, does Seattle really have a chance to pull this off? 100%. You think so? I think so. I you think, think they it's do. The, the Avs being on a Stanley Cup hangover, or is losing the guys like Nazem Kadri really hurting that bad? And keep in mind, they don't have Landeskog either. He's out injured. And didn't uh, Nichushkin leave? Yes. He's got, they said there was a personal issue. Personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a big loss. Sure like, is. Um, you know, he's a, you know, they don't have, like you said, Ling Descog. They haven't had him all year. Though. All year, right. You know what I mean? So right. I, I, I won't count that in. But losing a Shushkin right. for personal, like, I don't know what it was, but. Yeah. Geez, man. Heck of a time to leave your team high and dry. Yeah, I like, just hope everything's okay for him, though, too. I mean. I hope so, too. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's another, in he is he Russian? Yes, but they said it had nothing to do with Russia. It had nothing to do with Russia? Well, Russia that's another thing that it. creeps in, right? Because. Yeah. We know Panarin left because of Russian crap. Right. So, um, so that would be unfortunate. I, I don't know what's going on. It's unfortunate. I hope, you know, if he's got somebody sick in his family or something, that's usually right. reason why these guys do that. And that's unfortunate. The team's got to be better though. And they're yeah. not. You <laughs> I mean, and, and, and can Seattle do it without McCann? I don't know. He's their leading scorer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jordan Everly got gets an overtime goal, great. But is Jordan Everly gonna take the reins and be the leading scorer now? Like, who's who's gonna do it? Who's gonna step up? Like, right. um, 
Honestly, I'd like to see, you know, more. And he's been existent in the series. He's scored. But we need more Matty Beneers. Yeah. That's what they need. Yeah, no they, need five, they need five more Matty Beneers on this yeah. team. Yeah, so. <laughs> and they I win the so. cup. Like, seriously, that kid is a star. Yeah, um, and, and I love his heart. And I love that he never quits on a play. And in Colorado, I mean, yeah. listen. I haven't. I. I. I, I think Georgiev's a good goalie. He's a very good goalie. He had a very good year, but he's not great on some types of shots. His confidence, it, it's always been a bit shaky. You know, um, we've seen him blow games as Rangers fan. You know, I've seen him blow games. So. Uh, I don't feel confident for that for either team, (laughs) you know? So you throw the goalies out. I'd say both of them are comparable. They could both be very good or they could both be sieves. So uh, what's it come down to with this team? It comes down to the other guys on the ice. And right now Seattle's had an edge. they're, They're playing with, they're playing with hate. Like they really are. They don't. They do not like look like they like Colorado at all. Like and Colorado, other than a few guys, haven't been playing great. No, they. You know, Rantanen, great. McKinnon, great. But where's the rest of this team? Right. Like exactly. (laughs) You know, uh, it's it's disappointing. If I was a, a you know, and and this. This feels like a soft a, a, a cup hangover. This feels like a cup hangover to me because yeah. I felt Colorado was not a cup hangover all year long. And I feel like they turned it on to get in the playoffs because they didn't want to be a joke team that missed the playoffs after they just won the cup. So good on them for turning it on and getting to the playoffs. But you it gotta, kind of feels like they took Seattle lightly as well. I, I was just going to say, you, you took Seattle lightly, and people slept on Seattle. I said Seattle's better team than people think. Like, they were doing – they did very well all year. I watched a bunch of their games. When they're clicking, they click very well, you know? And, and nobody gives their coach any credit. No, um, he's probably, like, the least – recognizable coach in the league to anybody. Uh, I think David Quinn has more like yeah, right. uh, props than, than Dave Haxall does. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, Seattle's getting it done. And, you know, they're, it's what? Is it 2-2 two, two two, or 3-2? Two, 2-2. Two? Two? No, two, two. Two. So, so we're going what? And, and they play good at home, Seattle, you know? So it's 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 a tall order. Colorado now can I see Colorado winning the next two games handedly? I can. Right. Can I see Seattle hanging in there and beating the next two games or two out of three? Sure can. <laughs> you know with Seattle too, it's like I was saying about the Devils going into the playoffs. They can play loose. They got nothing to lose. They weren't supposed to be here. So what do they care? You know, I mean, as far as that goes, they can just say, "Hey, we're playing our game and if we lose, we lose." Yep. You know, yep. who expected us to be here? Nobody. You know, there's mm-hmm. no expectations. Pressure is all on Colorado. For sure. and, and just like the Devils, now that you've made it a two out of three series, 
anything can happen. Right. Like, right. You've exactly. done, you did what you needed to do. You made it tight. Now you got to go out there, make it tighter and yep. pull out two wins. And both of those teams could do it. And I can see it going the other way as well. I'm not, I don't like to, you know, be the person that doesn't want to make a call on anything. But like I said, I think one of these teams that I'm wearing is going to go out of the next round and one of them isn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing like wardrobe roulette. That's a- there you go. <laughs> so, let's talk about a series that I frankly did not expect to be three to one in favor of the team it is right now. And that's the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets. I really thought that the Jets were primed for an upset here. And it's not just because I just naturally don't like Vegas. Um, I, I will say Vegas has been playing their game, they've been outstanding. Uh, they're playing with speed. They're playing with skill. Uh, the Jets look lost at times out there, which is surprising given how much talent that that Winnipeg Jets team has. It doesn't help that Josh Morris is out. Mark Scheifele got hurt last game, which was a yep. big blow to them. Uh, they're saying he could possibly play game five. They don't he know ain't playing sure crap. So, Did you see the way he went out? Well, yeah, I saw it, but they're, they're right now. and I don't know. But he was on play. the ice. He gets hit. He comes back on the ice. He goes to take a shot, doubles over, and goes to the bench and leaves. Right. So the fact that he couldn't go, you know, like that without taking a shot right. or, or go leaving the game, that's that's not looking well, good for anybody. Plays, he's not going to be 100% at all. No way. No. Yeah. I mean, Is this serious and I don't like that. I don't like that. If guys can't play, don't play. Don't put an injured guy out there on the ice to take two shifts and then you're you're shorthanded the rest of the game. And I see that happen year after year after year. Coaches make that terrible decision in the playoffs. I don't care how good the guy is. I remember in 06, Yager uh, was hurt, and then they put him in against the Devils for game four. And then first play of the game, Yager tries to take a cheap shot at somebody and it overextends his elbow and had to leave the game. And it was like, why did we put him in? He played one shift. You know what I mean? Like, I get he's jogger, but we know he's hurt. He aggravates the thing on the first play, uh, doing something he shouldn't have been doing. And the other and team then, knows he's hurt, too. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's it's not. I mean, I think that's here nor there. I think all these guys know who's nagging what at this time of year. Right. Um, I just say, if you know it, don't put him out there. Yeah. You know, and it has to be. I know it's a playoffs, and if guy can play, listen. I've seen Ryan Lindgren. I don't know how he continues to play sometimes, and he plays. And then he gets a hit by TJ Oshie that looks bad, but I've seen this guy get up a hundred times before, and then yeah. you don't see him get up, and you're like, that's bad news, you know? Right. So I don't want to see guys go into games that. They're not 100% because I want to see 100% guys. That's why those first two games are so exciting. Everybody's right. healthy. You know what I mean? Right, Usually. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's a huge loss for Winnipeg. Yeah. Huge loss. I, Morrissey, I don't think there's any, any huge loss. Here. And, and, and Schleifle, bigger huge loss. Yeah. And unlike Boston, they don't have the depth. No. Like, they, no. they don't have any, like – they don't have Dmitry Orlov waiting to play defense for them or anything like that. Right. Uh, and it's it's a tall order. 
you know, and I'll say this, Brissant has been very good. Uh-huh. Yes, he, he has, has been very good. And he is the one stealing this because while Vegas has looked good, I don't think they've looked that good. And I frankly think if they were playing any other team, they would be in trouble. I honestly feel point. that way. Really <laughs> and, I, and I mean any yeah, I mean, other team in this could league. You imagine, could you imagine, just for argument's sake, if they had ended up drawn Edmonton in this round? They'd be done. They'd be finished. They'd be finished. Exactly. They're not because you can you can see it when you're playing the when you watch the games. Certain teams are playing for the cup. Certain teams are playing to their opponent, and it changes right. it changes right. game to game. I think you know when you see the teams come out, Vegas, Winnipeg. Vegas is playing to beat Winnipeg. Right. Vegas isn't playing to win the cup. Edmonton is playing to win the cup. LA is playing to win the cup. Like they're trying to play above their competition, like well above it. And and you get into trouble when you play your opponent, when you try to play your opponent, you got to play above your opponent. Exactly. And, And honestly, that's what the devils have done. The last two games to the Rangers, at least the last game, maybe not game three. That was kind of close game four. The devils said, Forget this. We got the confidence from winning game three. We're playing over you guys. We're looking ahead. We're going forward. I, I don't think you need to look ahead to other series, but you, you want to say, right, like, right. we want to get ahead of you guys. We're going over you guys. Like, right. and Vegas isn't doing that. No, not at all. All right. So let's wrap this up with a little bit, well, quick look here at the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild. Dallas is now up three to two. We touched on that knee-on-knee hit with Polino. Um, honestly, this is right about where I thought it would be. I, I thought Dallas was going to take this series. Uh, you know, as exciting as Kirill Kaprizov is and, and all of that, I just didn't think that Minnesota really had the horses to run. And quite frankly, it's kind of starting to prove that Dallas has the best goaltender in the Western Conference anyway in Jake Ottinger. He's outstanding. He's amazing. He's absolutely yeah. amazing. And yeah. the thing for Dallas right now, too, is their big guns are starting to step up. Like Tyler Sagan's having an excellent playoff so far. Uh, Jason, Jason Robertson, Robertson got a ripper of a pl- of power play goal last yep. night. Mira I, I saw that shot. I'm like, Heiskanen's been really good. Yep. Uh, that shot by Robertson last night blew me away. Yeah, Blew me away. He got that. I'm like, I, I knew the second. The second he like. He does this little thing where when he's getting his wrist shot ready to go, where he really leans on his stick. Yeah. And, and every time I see him do that, I'm like, it's go. <laughs> it's a go. Zing. Like, he just, I don't know what. There's like some type of special, uh, like, force field he puts on the puck when he does that <laughs> because it just zips through 16 guys and it zips. It, it could go all the way around the rink and back into the net. Like, yeah. like I just feel right. like that's how powerful that is because <laughs> they, I, I, I'm surprised the net stops it. I really am. Like, right. I'm surprised one of these hasn't just flown through the net because we've seen it. Ha- it's happened occasionally. Yep. I am shocked every time one stays in the cage because, and they don't usually stay in the cage. They usually hit the net and bounce right oh, out. Oh yeah. <laughs> because they're and up he's by the ripping them. Yeah. I don't know what his sticks are made out of. Every other player in the league should be copying Robertson. Right. Everyone. 
including Connor McDavid. Like every one of those guys, this kid is something else. I swear to you, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody shoot like he shoots. Like really. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Think about it. It really is. Think about it. Like Steve Eiserman had a great shot. I don't think it was as good as Robertson's. Like, I really don't. He has got a hell of a shot. And you put him on a power play, goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> like, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's a – Well, and the, and the thing is, is like Dallas just seems to be playing their best hockey almost at the right time, you know. And Minnesota's been good. They have. I mean – Minnesota was going to be a pesky opponent. Everybody knew that. Everybody yeah, knew that. I really – um. And I think this is actually very bodes very well for the Dallas Stars to get a challenge like this in the you know the first round, and to look as good as they have against the Wild, to be honest with you. So, but that said, I also think that this one's pretty much over. I think this is, I think Dallas is going to wrap this up in game. What are we at? Three to one. Three two. Three two. Three two. Three two. We'll see. I mean. Now it's going back to Minnesota, right? Goes back to Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota is very good at home. They are. They they're are. one of the, they're one of the few places where home home ice actually matters. Right. And again, there's travel. Um, Dallas has been good. I really think it's going to come down to the goalie. Um, which goalie that uh, Minnesota decides to go with? Right. Right. And uh, and Ottinger, like. Everything stops and starts with Ottinger. Um, he's he's been really a rock for this team, uh, and the fact that the fact that um, he's getting, I mean, these guys. He's been he's been. I don't think enough can be said about Heeskinen. Like this guy sent John Klingberg out of the town. By the way, <laughs> like. Yeah. He's their defenseman, and they're like, you know what? We don't need you anymore, Kling. Like, you, you know can what? take and off. That, and that's like, the guy they hung on to when they, because remember uh, the whole Eric Carlson thing, right? Yeah. He was yeah. favored to go to Dallas, but Dallas wouldn't give up Heeskinen. Yeah. Boy, how smart was that? Oh, incredible. Because you, you saw it back then. I yeah. mean, he he's he's a talent. And, um, and there's just Minnesota is just they're pest. Listen, I think that Minnesota has been playing miles above their talent in this series right. because I've watched a bunch of Minnesota games this year. Minnesota is one of those teams that like when they have the lead, they're good. When they don't have the lead, they're not. Like right. you know, it's, I know that's easy to say, but it's like Minnesota doesn't like. They don't get beat out of games. Like they beat themselves half the time. Like mm -hmm. they just they don't they, and, and they do a they do a thing of playing to their competition just like Vegas. Like they play to their competition heavily in Minnesota. And they've been doing that in this series. They're playing to Dallas's level. They've come up to Dallas's level to play. Right. And they've won some games, but man, Dallas is good. Yeah. Dallas is good. Oh, the guys I said to step up have stepped up. Sagan, they've been very good. But he's been it. very good. Way better than he's been all season all year. long. Exactly. So, exactly. And that's what they needed. That's yep. what they needed. So you lose Pavelski, you got to step it up. Say, good on Sagan. He stepped it up. And they're, they're playing well. 
very fast. I mean, hard hitting. I, I can't say enough good things about Dallas. And frankly, every other team in the West should be scared of them. I was just going to say that. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. All right, my friend. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's wrap this up with uh, our usual. Let's go on the Zamboni time machine, shall we? Yay! All right. The Zamboni time machine is brought to you by Zamboni.com, and the Zamboni name is used with permission. This week, the Zamboni time machine takes us back to 1987 when Brendan Shanahan pummeled Rick Vive. When Brendan Shanahan was growing up in Toronto, Rick Vive was the captain of the Leafs. Like any kid in Toronto, Shanahan was starstruck by Vive, and the Leafs, when he was 14 years old, he found himself with a chance to meet Vive. He was skating in a rink and found out the Leafs were practicing in the rink right next door. Shanny mustered up the courage to go to the Leafs locker room and ask Vive for his autograph. The Leaf captain turned the 14-year-old Shanahan down cold. In 1987, Shanahan was drafted by the New Jersey Devils and made the team right off the hop. Right from the beginning of his career, Shanahan gained a reputation for having a scoring touch and being tough as nails. At this time, Vive was finishing up his career with the Buffalo Sabres. In the Devils' first meeting with the Sabres that season, Shanahan and Vive lined up next to each other for a face-off. Before the puck was even dropped, Shanahan would pay Vive back for the autograph snub by pummeling him into the ice. Vive found out from Shanahan's teammate, Jim Korn, that it was the autograph snub that caused Shanahan to fly into a fit of rage. <laughs> in a twist of fate, after their playing careers were over, Vive and his 14-year-old son would meet Shanahan. Shanahan signed an autograph for Vive's son, saying, I didn't want Carmer to come back and get me. And that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni Time Machine. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, oh, poor Rick that, but that'll teach us sign those autographs. Somebody I never thought the devil should have traded, by the way. I know, Shane, no. that was a really dumb trade. Well, I, <laughs> if that, as I recall, they really didn't have any choice, though, right? Wasn't that the whole compensation over the, the Scott Stevens signing? Not sure, I think it was, but it, it, it amazes me how much how many teams he bounced around to, though. Shanny. Yeah. For yeah. as good as he was, he just bounced around, but eh, it's the way it goes sometimes. But anyways, that was fun. That was yeah, fun. Man. And a lot um, more, you know, we're gonna get to see these series wrap up by the end of uh this week, most likely. Yeah. So, so we'll by next out, week we'll be how, on to the next round. How right and how wrong we were. <laughs> we'll be down to eight teams. Exactly, exactly. All right. Well, that concludes it for episode one hundred of Marty's Illegal Stick. For Chris Mazzotti, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next week on Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast.